Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Chronic Sisters podcast. You're joined by your host, Sean. And Jess. Welcome back. Welcome back. Look, oh, it was a sexy episode, wasn't it? <laughs> Holy Let's shit. Let's talk about sex, baby. Don't sing that because we'll get trademarked. And I'm already sweating. <laughs> Just when we say the word, like it was enough. <laughs> but but look, we hope that it was helpful. We've had some good feedback. We have. And we... You know, we're vulnerable for you guys so that you don't feel as alone. So we appreciate that you appreciated our vulnerability. So it made us feel a little bit better for being rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> howdy, rowdy, howdy. And, rowdy and untamed. Rowdy. <laughs> yes. Well, sister. Yes. Do we do we hop to the next segment straight away? Absolutely. Let's just rip the Let's band-aid rip off. Rip it, rip it, rip it. Because it's time for the fun fact follow-up. We're a bit tired today, if you little can't bit tell. Flat. We're just, it's a bit meh. Trying to like pump myself I know, up. Like I know. Like with an imaginary like. Yeah. Wait, where? Yeah. Do you know what I haven't heard? What? If people have done the breath thing. The breath oh, test. Oh, well, I made the guy that I was dating do it. And? And we were having like a pretty intimate conversation at the time. And yeah. I was like, do it. And he was stressing. <laughs> and then we were like in bed and he did it again. He was like, oh, I'm chilling now. And I was like, there you go. See, I'm, I'm, it's nice to know that it changes. Yeah. And that everyone's and just I not knew, stressed. My fun fact was I was going to do it in bed after the episode, which I did do. And it had switched to my other nostril. And I, my parasympathetic was, she was on. That is I'm going to do it right now. That's coming up my right. That's stressed, babe. Is it? No. Yes. Remember? Because I no, originally you, thought it was right is rest and digest, rah, rah, rah. But uh, it was actually the other way around. Okay. Rest was stressed. Sure. Sure. Uh, right was stressed. Bloody hell. <laughs> Words are not working today. Jeez Louise. Well, there you go. I did mine. Fun fact part. That's good. Okay, thank fun, you. Fun fact follow-up. Um, I messaged my sister. Yes, baby. <laughs> so um, fun fact follow-up. Fionn did manage to get through the episode. Well done, sis. She didn't sis. give us much. She was like, no, she's I like, listened yes, to I it. listened. <laughs> Silence afterwards. I was like, sick. Okay, cool, 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 cool. No feedback. She's like, I just about listened to it and that's all you're getting. I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, also, dad listened. Did he provide any feedback? He feedback. He fed back. Okay. immediately after it like he normally like does he didn't listen thanks propaganda. No, no, he said uh just thought i'd let you know i listened to exactly 12 minutes and 44 seconds of the new episode and what i did listen to it was fantastic <laughs> but there's just some things that a dad shouldn't know and i was like roger that dad absolutely that's great. thank you so much but for respecting that boundary yeah i my parents normally pretty listen pretty quick but They've not mentioned it. Yeah, look. And my brother's always a week behind, so he called this morning to review our last week's episode. <laughs> so. What did he have to say? Which one was last week? Um, appreciation, wasn't it? Yeah, no, he liked Gratitude. that. Yeah, he got yeah. around that. Yeah. yeah, he got around that one. Still still a bit, like, flaky because we haven't asked him on, so it was okay. still a bit hurt. He currently is at home with a spicy cough, so he's not. He's not coming near us any time He's not coming soon. on the potty. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that was – is that all our fun fact follow-ups, do you think? I think so. Okay. Well, there you go. Oh, actually, I haven't seen mum to ask her if she remembered the story of me with the wizard stick up my chotch. Oh, yes. But she will. So I don't she really will. think that's a fun fact Assumption follow-up. Assumption followed. Yes, yes. 
Okay, everybody. Um, this week mm. we are going to talk about endo, endo. Um, because we recognise we have a lot of endometriosis gals who listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. um, and me being one, an extreme one, if you will. Yep. Um, we are going to talk about that because it is Endometriosis Awareness Month. I tried to find (laughs) why it was March, but Sham was like, it just is. It just is. You don't question the calendar. Well, I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it. However, I could find that the movement began in 1993. Do you know what? Thinking about calendars, do you know they just exist because someone said that's how we should look at the year? Yeah, I know. Stupid, isn't it? Just the Romans went, let's make a calendar. I want to know who got to make it March. It was the Romans, I'm pretty sure. For Endo. Oh, I just thought you meant March. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. I'm sure the Romans like, had something to do with the calendar. How hardcore do you have to have Endo to be the person that makes the month? I just think it's just it just gets picked. By babe. who? That's my fun fact follow-up. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I don't think you're going to find the bottom, get to the bottom of that well. I'm going to get to the bottom started in 1993 and that's all I've got for you. And what I also can tell you is now the current statistics were at almost 200 million women worldwide with endo. Whoa. And so in 2018, we're at one, uh, 176 and we're almost at 200. That's crazy because it's, it's just that whole thing of like it exists. People just don't know they have it. Yeah. Right, and they just so assume it's, that it's bad. Yeah, and it used to be one in twenty, but now it's one in ten women. Didn't I saw a? Uh, again, I'm just pulling random facts out my butthole. Um, I saw a fact about how endo, and we'll get into it, I'm sure. Um, in terms of severity and pain, that they're trying to move towards it being classed as a disability. Yes, uh, in that it it causes as much pain and turmoil as like cancers do. Yes. Correct. And there's lots of movement in cannabis oil and getting it approved because it's one of the most painful yeah. conditions. Wild. Wow. Do you know, Whoopi Goldberg has a, um, a cannabis range <laughs> for, for endometriosis, I'm pretty sure. Well, for I might like, hit Whoopi up. For like... Um, Big whoop. Can canna- you- cannabis oil like soaked tampons. Oh, wow. I'm sure of it. I'm going to Google it while you're talking. Okay. But I'm wow. pretty sure I saw it on like a... I don't know, You've some American made a documentary. You've random fact up if this is not true. Isn't that random if right. it's not true? I've <laughs> had some whoopee. fever dream that Whoopi Goldberg has a cannabis range. Throw up your clacker. That's a lot. Okay, well, I'm going to Just leave me to it okay. while you I'll, use I'll let you research. Time. So we're going we're gonna to talk about endo today. Um, I thought I would cover a lot of the questions that when I was first diagnosed, I didn't know. Um... I'm going to tell you all about um, like my symptoms, how I manage it, uh, what is endo, how you're diagnosed, all the things that people asked us when we put the question out there, what you guys wanted to know, that's what we'll be covering. So what is endo? Endo is when endometrial-like tissue, so not the same tissue, but it is similar similar to the tissue normally found in the lining of the uterus, but Mm -hmm. it is not the same, okay? Okay. When that is found in other parts of the body outside of the uterus. Mm -hmm. So that can be your ovaries, your tubes, your abdomen, your peritoneum, your bladder, your bowel, your diaphragm. It's actually been proven on cadavers Mm -hmm. 
that endometriosis has now been found on every single organ of the body, heart and brain and lung included. Yeah. So I was talking to Zach Stag about duh. Wow. Okay. We're doing well this week. This is the good. Brain yeah, right. and mouth is not working together. All right. Start again, doll. I was talking to Trevor, who is Zach's dad. Yes. I was talking to him about endometriosis because we were sharing the story about how um, we had connected two people on the other side of the country from listening to our podcast, yes. right? So I was talking to him and he was like, I've learned so much listening to the podcast. Like, I didn't know endometriosis like spread. And like, I was like, yeah, it's been everywhere. He's like, what? I was like, it's been on every organ, like even the brain. And he, it blew his mind. Yeah, but it does. I would never have known that. Yeah, wild. And so what it does is um, these little like patches of tissue respond to hormones released by your ovaries so that, that they still respond to the same hormones and they can cause bleeding, right? But if they're on other organs, mm-hmm. you're not bleeding out. You're, mm. you're bleeding within the tissue and then it creates more tissue, right? Right, okay. So it causes more inflammation mm. and it spreads and like then, a horrible disease. Yeah, so like a tumour. Yeah. So if you think about, you know, for those who are trying to like conceptualise what that feels like, if you think about how irritated, and when I say irritated, I mean pain, but when your body has a bruise, for example, right? Hypothetical bruise. Bruising is where a capillary or a vein is ruptured, broken, and blood is in between the um, mucosal layer, right? The muscle layer. My, am I spitting fucking lies here? <laughs> I was like, mucosal, where is she not, going with not that? Not mucosal, but like in between the layers of, of, skin. of skin, right? Yes. Epithelial? Epithelial, you thank going you. Thank you. There. Didn't want to correct you, but thank I you. <laughs> I, that's what I was looking at you. I was Sorry. like, what's the freaking word? I see you, nurse, please. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, when the blood is where it shouldn't be is what I should have said because it's way easier to explain. Where If blood is where it shouldn't be, it becomes sore. It's painful. Yeah. That's why it hurts to press on and a then, bruise. And it causes inflammation and yes. swelling and scarring. Yes. And then what happens is it causes these adhesions. And mm. then what happens is these adhesions join other organs together that shouldn't be joined. So your organs should be floating. They should be buoyant, right? They <laughs> are not. For, the, for everyone, because everyone's a, <laughs> a non-visual listener because we're all on audio, Jess is like rolling her shoulders <laughs> like a wave, being like, it should be floating about. Well, it's, that's it's what like, happens. What's, what's that? Um, Things what's, stick. What's the dance thing where it's like you dance out how you feel? Interpretive. Yes. Interpretive. <laughs> what dance. is this? The game of scattergrees? Like <laughs> fucking charades. Honestly. Okay. Anyway, that's what it is. All right. Are you happy? You're all happy. I'm super happy. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about my symptoms that I currently have. And there is a long list. So I'm going to rattle off what I experience on the reg almost daily. Okay. I'm just going to list them. There's plenty more. I can do a little post on all of the ones that have been researched and found, but I'm going to spit my hot facts. and if Spit you, your hot truth, you My mean. hot truth. And yeah. if, if you feel me, you know, wherever you're listening, just give me a little fist bump <laughs> wherever you are. An audio okay. fist bump. Mm-mm. So for me, I have significant fatigue, unmanageable period pain, extreme bloating, very irregular periods, incredibly painful sex, significant severe diarrhea, Mm. cramping, abdomen pain, nausea, intermittent vomiting, urinary urgency, pleuritis and chest pain, coccyx pain, dizziness, I faint, 
hot flushes, night sweats, pelvic pain, pelvic dysfunction, and stabbing rectal pain and a knife kind of stab into my lower pelvis. They're my like, if I think about a day with bad, bad endo day, that's to me what it looks like. So it's so much. It's so much. And like that's today, one of the things. Yeah. And I'm currently sitting here recording and my deep pelvic pain today is probably a five out of 10. Like it's real mm. bad. It's the bad, the worst it's yeah, been. It's the first the, thing you said to me when I walked yeah. through the door. So she's not good. Mm. Um, but yes. Anyway, so that is my symptoms. But let's talk about diagnosing it because lots of you wrote in yeah. and said, is it worth a diagnosis? How do you diagnose it? Mm. What does the research say about ultrasounds? Mm. Is that worth it? Yeah. So I thought I'd educate the people. Go for it, girl. That's so, what we're here for. Um, endometriosis, what it is, it makes it very difficult to diagnose because of what it looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the gold standard in diagnosing is definitely through a laparoscopy. Okay. Yeah. So that's when they have like a, a thin telescope looking tube with a light on the end of it mm-hmm. and they insert it through your abdomen, through a cut and then have a little look around. So it's, it's a surgery it's is surgery. what you're saying. Yeah. Under a general anesthetic. Yeah. They make the cuts normally in four places if they do keyhole surgery. So mm-hmm. you'll end up with one on your belly button, one on where almost your pubic bone is, just above your pubic bone. And then one either side on your left and right above your hip bone. So yeah. they're the four little holes you'll yeah. get if you have a lap. If they don't find any endo through the belly button one and the pubic one, they might not need to hop over to the left and right to see mm-hmm. more. So you might not get four, but four is what you'd normally consent for. So that is the gold standard. Now, if we talk about some people are like, oh, yeah, I was diagnosed with endometriosis on ultrasound. Okay. However, yeah. The way in which um, uh, endometriosis presents itself, it's very difficult to see because it's not a mass. You know, it's not like a a dense ovary. So often you might see um, like a cyst when when all the nodules and the endo all tangle and that's called an endometrioma. And they might see that on an ultrasound Mm -hmm. and then that would suggest that you have endometriosis to which the only way is to have a lap for it to be sent off to pathology to confirm that that is what the tissue is. Yep. So it might suggest things. Now, also, it's much harder to see tiny bits of the endo tissue on the surface of an organ, mm-hmm. but it's easier to see if it's embedded deep within an organ on an okay. ultrasound. Yeah, sure. And lots of people aren't trained, lots of sonographers aren't trained to pick it up because often they're just looking at the light change, the contrast okay. in light. Right. And so for deep infiltrating endo that is often easier to see an ultrasound than the tiny bits on the surface. They're just like sprinkle on top. They just sprinkle on top. Okay. But again, it's not 100% accurate. So I have deep infiltrating endo. So mine is like deeply embedded in all of my organs. It's not this superficial stuff, right? Mm. And only 20% of women have it outside the pelvis. So some, a lot of women have it on the ovaries, on the tubes, everything. But only 20% they'll go... You know, get a bit spicy and take mm. it to your diaphragm, your lungs, your bladder, your bowel. So where has it been for you? So for me, mine is on my rectum, my sigmoid colon, my bowel, my pouch of Doug- Douglas, my bladder, my ureters. 
great. Excellent, isn't it? Um, and they haven't gone up as far to see if it's on my lungs. It's quite invasive. Yeah, and well, naturally. I don't want a re- pneumothorax. No. For a bit of a scrape of the endo. No. You know, that's not for me. Um, but, yeah, so mine is and such was everywhere. Mm. Um, and so for when I had uh, internal ultrasound prior to my – with the wizard stick – prior to my stick. surgery last year – they couldn't see a lot of endo, but what they could see that was my ovary was stuck. So oh. they were poking it with the fucking wizard stick. Oh, my God. Like up there, like they put this huge thing oh. up your chotch and then they push it till it feels like it's going to bust out your hip bone Ugh. to look at your ovary and mum yeah. was stuck. It wasn't moving. And an ovary should be floating. It should be buoyant. There should be some movement in it. I also find that so weird and that like was, your ovary is not up. attached to your no. um, fallopian tube. It's just, it's just, it just hovers there. I know, and it like, but my whole they're not connected to the wall. So from the window to, to the, the wall. Do you know what? Fun I'm fact. Stuck also, to the wall. some people yeah. don't know that women don't pee out their vaginas. No, a hundred percent. No, okay, if you're 100%, seven. No, I, t- I swear to you, there'll be adults. Obviously, we're in a medical field, right? That's so, fucked. I swear to you, I remember it was on an episode of Orange is the New Black. Yeah, yeah. And they were talking about how um, people don't know that women don't wee out of their physical vagina. And when I tell you the conversations that I had after that episode of people agreeing with the fact that they didn't know that blew my freaking mind gals if you're listening or guys can you ask your partners what they think look i want to know the household chat because fucking surely people have moved on i swear to you i swear i swear to you people don't know not everyone knows that women pee out the urethra stick up your urethra they think that you it's all the same hole out the same hole because men we and ejaculate out of the same hole. Sure. Okay. That's why I can I can promise you okay. there'll be people in your life. There will be people in your life that do not know that women pee out of a different hole than their vagina. There must be pretty special people, hey. Oi, there'll be more more it's more right. than you think. All my friends listening, like, don't tell her that I thought. <laughs> you have to. Okay, that's why. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Sidetracking. No, no, no. So, yeah, my clue was that my ovary wasn't moving freely. Um, and that is pretty much it. So that's how you get diagnosed. Lap, gold standard. You have to send it off to pathology. It comes back with mm. it being actually endometriosis. And and endometrial also, tissue. Yeah, sure. So Like tissue, not the same tissue. Not the same tissue. Similar yeah. DNA, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So one of the questions that was asked on the Instagram was whether it's worth getting a diagnosis, right? So I think that leads to a bigger question of like, what's the benefit of having a diagnosis, which was similar to what we discussed when you were going through your lupus diagnosis, yeah. right? I mean, it, it rests your mind. No, like you learn you're not going crazy because you're like, fuck, like fainting every month is not normal. Yeah. Um, so that is good. So it validates you. It does validate as, you. And your experience. And I mean, a lot of the stuff in terms of therapy and treatment and how I manage my disease, mm. you can do all of that without a diagnosis. Yeah, for sure. Um, but is it but almost like without the diagnosis, people don't really take it seriously? 
Yeah, probably. They just think you're a, you, you're, you're over exaggerating, yeah. or you know, it's just a bad period. Yeah. Which you know, we're all trying to navigate towards this idea that the if you have a bad experience when you have a period, then something is abnormal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we've been taught just to be like, shut up and, and also, bleed quietly, please. Literally, and also. There's heaps of research was coming out that I was reading about um, endometriosis and it being as bad as being in labour and you just mm. expect it to work with a flare. And like Because it feels like I'm having contractions now, right? And right. I was talking to a friend's friend who just had a baby, mm-hmm. has severe endo, mm-hmm. didn't even realise she was in labour and the baby practically fell out because she just thought oh, it felt just like an endo flare. Oh my goodness! So like the our pain thresholds are wild. Yeah, like and we've talked about pain and uh, yeah. neural pathways yeah. and all that. And jazz like and currently now, my pain I said it's about a five sitting here. My hands like giving myself some pressure mm. to try and release it. But most people for that 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 would be a bad period day mm. and probably not do work anything. Or do anything. Mm. But it's yeah. So anyway, you've just come home from a Pilates class. Yeah, that it was cooked. <laughs> Hey, they asked me to be a Pilates instructor. <laughs> like oh you my God, have I just licked the microphone. T- Stop licking the Sorry. microphone. But yeah, no, I don't have That's any spoons left. That's two weeks left. in I, a row. I know. I've acknowledged I have no spoons. No, I'm not going to be a Pilates instructor. Thank you for complimenting me on my form, Pilates people. But I do not want to do that. But it's a no from me. Um, but yeah, anyway. So that is the diagnosis situasi. And I think that it is worth getting a diagnosis because for some lucky fuckers out there, you can have a surgery and it doesn't grow back. Mm. And so good on you if good you're that you. person. Well done. That's great for you. Living the dream. So that's good. But hang on. Let's now talk about the surgeries because there's two types and I've touched on it briefly, I think, in like episode two. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that because if you're going to head down the laparoscopy pathway, mm-hmm. I'm going to educate you about what you should and shouldn't do because oh, all right. none of you, none of you go out there and get an ablation, please. And thank you. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Strong words Strong coming from, from the gal. That's from the one. gal. That's had and one. And it's fucking just going on back, right? So let's talk about the surgery. There's two options, ablation or excision. Mm-hmm. Now there's pros and cons to both. Yes, Naturally. I get that. Um, but if we talk about ablation, remember, wind your memories back to 2021 when we talked about the weeding. The weeding. The weeding. Right. So ablation, what it is, it's practically burning up the surface. You're getting your flame gun and you're just yeah. blowing the weeds, right? Yeah, sure. So what you're doing is you're leaving the roots, mm-hmm. are you? Mm. You're damaging your land and you're only temporarily cleaning it up. Honestly. Right? Why would you do it? Why like, would do the you job do properly. Mm. Anyway, I'll tell you why you would do it. Mm-hmm. Because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's a quicker recovery. Sure. And less invasive and way more people trained to do it. Much quicker to get into. Sure. Okay. Don't need to be specialized. More options. Don't need to be as clever. Right. Slash have as many qualifications. Sure. To do it. Okay. Just go out there. Yeah. Blast them. Mm. Right. Quick the take cons, course. There's a 40 to 60% reoccurrence rate. That's high. That's high, isn't it? You wouldn't take that if that you was the death you rate. You don't want two. No, you don't want two weeks off work to fucking potentially have to do it again. So 40 to 60%. That's a lot. Rate. That's a high percentage. Within 12 to 24 months. Oh. So she's come back. She's come back quick, mm, right? Yeah. Weed your garden properly, doll. Yeah. And you can't send specimens, can you? Because you're burning it. Yeah, you just so what are you cutting the shit out, out of it. Like, are you sure that's endo? Let's fucking burn it anyway. Wow. Why are you okay. sending off? You know, you don't you know what no you're idea. sending off, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're not 
underlyingly fixing the roots. I no. Okay, great. So now all of you listening, you'll never get that done. And now I'm going to talk about if you are going to get one done, it's still okay. It is still Good okay. Choice for you. It is. You might if get twelve choosing. to twenty four months, but it's a big thing to go through. Yeah. It's still abdominal surgery. Yeah. It's horrible. And like you don't want to go through that to like go through it again. But hey, I've been there. I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, maybe I got a little bit of relief for a while there. But I didn't know. I didn't mm. have the education behind me to say. If I didn't you, know enough about it. If you could it. do it again, you yeah. wouldn't do it. And so the person was able to diagnose me with it when they went in. Because they could visibly see it. Because they could visibly see it. But they couldn't send it off. And the only way they were trained in removing it was through ablation. So that's all she could offer me in that anesthetic. Right. Okay. Because I didn't go to an ablation specialist. Right. Uh, excision specialist. Excision specialist. Yeah. So in an excision surgery... You're weeding, but you're doing big cuts, right? And you're taking the root. Mm-hmm. You're taking the whole thing, you're popping it out. Mm. So you're not leaving disease behind. Okay. There are areas, you can't guarantee you get it all, right? So yeah. if I had a huge bit on my, say, my lung or somewhere, like the, the risks outweigh the benefit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do have to leave parts of it. Yeah. But there's a much longer term relief with up to 75%. So 75%. They say, don't, don't go back. Wow. Which is great. That is amazing. But we all know what weeds can do and they can grow back in a different spot, can't yeah, they? Yeah, they can. But, yeah. No matter what you do. You're able to send it off. Yes, absolutely. So you're able to test it. Yep. See if there's any abnormal cells, what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, much higher precision rate. It is more invasive, however, because you're making big cuts and stuff. Yeah, um, sure. So it does take longer to recover. Yeah. And there's much fewer specialists. Yeah, sure. So it's... The wait is longer to get into. Um, what's it called? Private health often doesn't cover as much of that surgery because it yeah. is more expensive. Sure. Um, but yeah, that is the difference. You know, it's really interesting that you say in terms of the availability of procedure, etc. Mm. I just find it really interesting. And Zach and I have spoken about this a lot because he um, trained. So his like, mm, what's the word? Wow, my brain. Undergrad was um thank you um sports science right so they had to do stuff with um cadavers in that as well what do you call them cadavers just me and me cadaver what are they called cadaver 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 yeah that's good babe abracadabra to you too Now I don't know if I'm saying it wrong. Cadaver. Cadaver. I'm going to put it on the story. Okay. We'll put it out to the people. Cadaver. Just anyway. like the bloody dog, the, what's, what, Wimmeranium. You're welcome. Fun Rama. Wimmeranium. Um, I forgot what I'm saying. Dog. No, no, so. so we talk, okay, thank you. Cadavers. So we were chatting about his experience of like the female form in science. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about um, scientific journal and research and stuff. And... To, t- to touch on the patriarchy <laughs> just briefly, like women's sexual organs were just erased from literature mm. back in the day mm-hmm. because it was deemed not worthy of science and research, mm-hmm. right? So it just baffles my mind or even intrigues my mind more that if that wasn't the case and... You know, let's just call a hat a hat. If men had endometriosis, Mm -hmm. how much further potentially treatments would be? Mm -hmm. 
that you can't help but think from a female perspective that if this condition that is so debilitating, so painful, so invasive, so life altering was happening to a male, would it be a bit of a quicker turnaround on the old treatments? Right, right. This is so poignant. Do you like that word? Um, That's because good word. what you were just saying is it's only been in the recent months that people have been trying to push this endo movement because of that, right? Mm. They recognize that maybe if it was a disease of a different gender that we would be in a different place because, mm. you know, back in the day, women didn't work. They stayed at home. If men weren't working because of this disease, they would want to fix it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in 2021, so just last year, um, Australia, the Australian government has decided to make a big endometriosis progress update and put it out there to the people. So yeah. what Australia and the government has decided to do is address the significant burden that endo is placing on Australian women. Yeah. And they're acknowledging that now. I mean, that's huge. It is huge. That is huge. And Historically I, I'll huge. I'll break down the figures for you because it is huge. So what they're actually doing is putting $5.77 million into awareness and education. Yeah. Wow. So that includes things like social media, um, workshops, all of that, right? Adverts, all, all of that to get people talking about it more. Yep. They're also putting $660,000 into um, the clinical management and care. Whoa. So patient management. Cool. I don't know what that will look like. And Who I don't think $660,000 like. is going to go very far at all, but no. it's a start. I mean, $0 at the moment, I'm sure. And they're going to put $16 million into endometriosis surgery research. Wow. And endo research. That's cool. So that was only last year, right? So it's taken all this time. And if yeah. we're saying endometriosis awareness month has been going since for 26 years mm. and only now we're Ugh. putting money into it. The slog is slow. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Isn't um, that crazy though? It is Ugh. a bit crazy. It is a bit crazy. And then I think. Just lights my feminism fire. Um, so then if we talk about, I guess, endo and what it is, we're also there's a staging process of endo so you can be like stage one stage two stage three stage oh, love four a stage. we love a stage but it's actually not great yeah, of course for, it's not uh endo um so no was, marking scheme no, is ever good for no. anyone so it was revised by the american society for reproductive medicine please stop tapping the table because it's sorry. picking up on your microphone is it <laughs> yes. sorry i'm really into it it's like <laughs> passionate um anyway it's scored and summed according to your endometriosis lesions mm -hmm. and the severity of your lesions okay what it doesn't take into account is the patient symptoms and experience well yeah it's very it's very physical manifestation not necessarily right experience so you could or subjective yeah so you could have someone with stage one endo mm. which is where you don't it doesn't spread outside of the pelvic area yeah um and you know it's not deep infiltrating it's quite superficial blah 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 anyway someone could have stage one mm endo but someone could also not work be bed bound have the most debilitating symptoms vomiting every day fainting all the time intense bloating horrible horrible symptoms mm. but they're told oh it's just stage one so so the person isn't validated totally and that's the problemo yeah. so hopefully with all this research and stuff that they really think about another way because like i have stage four Mm. And sometimes I think my symptoms are pretty stage four. Yeah. But then also I realise that I'm able to work through it and work and some people can't even do that. So yeah. 
it's really hard. The experience and the clinical it's manifestation so, and what it looks like under a microscope is very, it's very so subjective. subjective. So subjective. I know. Anything about someone's experience is always going to be subjective and it can't be forced into this black and white marking scheme. Now. Ugh. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's not classic. Good. But okay, so thinking about grading, right? So I don't have endometriosis, so I'm kind of new to this space since. Hang on. Being, Okay. You don't know you don't have endometriosis. Correct. So you can't confidently say that you don't. I am not aware of me having yes. endometriosis. But mm. again, you do hear the off like weird case that mm. someone has like stage two endo, maybe even chilled. stage three, and they wouldn't know. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't and carry. you have the IUD in. Correct. And have done for and nearly 10 years now. And that's so you don't know what you'd be like Is without it five that. years or three years? Five years. Five. And so if you have that out yep. and then you start to have really painful periods, really all these things, mm. red flag doll. Red flag. You could have endo and it'd be well managed on your current management plan, which I'll talk about. And that's one of them. So Wow. Do you feel confident now that you don't no, have it? No, I don't, don't feel confident no, you at don't. all. Because, you know, a girl has a bad period now and then. Yeah. You know? But she's also bad pain, blood thinners, and a lot of other things that could be contributing. Well, to yes, that. but who knows? Who knows, doll? You who don't knows? know unless someone cuts your guts. I don't want that. Okay. So my question is, though. Yeah. So there's endo, right? Yeah. Endo, and then there's the other one, the adeno- adenomyosis. Yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a pro at adeno, which I'm very sorry. A lot about we have to ask um, Dom and Helene, mm. um, well, but it, I do know that it's it's contained within that yeah. area. So a hysterectomy would cure somebody, yeah, f- from adeno. Which if you just had adeno, that's amazing. But unfortunately, if you've got endo, going through a hysterectomy is pretty wild because endo it doesn't matter if you have yeah. a hysterectomy. Those you still have hormones. You don't stop your hormones. Mm. You can't stop them. Mm. Um, and endo can just continue to grow everywhere with or without. Yeah. Your bits in place. So what it's saying is that endometriosis is the same type of cells that lines the uterus, right? Let's similar. Go similar. Very similar. Very, yes. very yep, similar. Yep, yep. Um, Endo gals get really funny about that. I'm not, not one of them, but they're like, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's similar. Very similar. Yep. Very similar. Um, that line the uterus or the womb, um, it, but it also grows outside, right? Yeah. So it's found elsewhere. It's having a elsewhere. party everywhere. It's flapping about. Yeah. So it can attach, like you've said, to nearby organs, fallopian tubes, and it can go all the way up to our little bitty brain. Yeah. Adenomyosis, Mm -hmm. on the other hand, like you said, is encapsulated. Mm. So it happens when the same kind of cells, Mm -hmm. the previous, um, that line the uterus, they also grow deep into the muscular wall of the uterus. And then that causes it to thicken. Um, But it doesn't actually go past the uteral wall. So like you said, it's contained. So that's why a hysterectomy, which is removal of the uterus, cures it because you're taking away the affected tissue. Whereas, like you said, endometriosis. I think thinking that, that would be so hard for me because if endo was the same, mm. as this, this is wild, but if endo was the same as adenomyosis and it was contained, mm. I would find it very hard not to have hysterectomy now like as Wait, much as on. i want you children would... because because it's a cure yep and potentially your quality of life will significantly improve mm-hmm. if someone told me mm. oh we can get rid of your end if we t- take this out mm. that would be a really big decision for me to make because so much of me would want to make it 
Yeah. But then the whole like haven't had kids yet and how much longer do I want to put up with that? Mm. But I think it would significantly impact my decision on future planning, family planning. As in you to would have lean towards getting it removed? Potentially having it out and just yeah. having a better quality life. Well, some people can have endo and... Adno. Adno. Correct. Which... Which is the hard decision because you take it all out but oh. your endo is still like, I'm here to fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard line to walk. It is. Super wild. But, but talk about the management then because it's not, you know, it yeah. may be all do- doom and gloom, but there must be something there that we can management. do to kind of help. And a lot of people are like, oh, why are you on the pill? The pill does nothing. The pill's bad for you. And I get it. There are a lot of complications with the pill. There are a lot of potential risks with the pill. I don't doubt any of that. But I think it's important to talk about how the pill works when you do have endo. Yeah. So... Because I don't think a lot of people know no, in general how the pill no. works. And, and there's different types of pill, right? So you can get a combination pill. Mm-hmm. So combination is estrogen and progesterone mm-hmm. or just a progesterone based. And for some people, they can't have estrogen because of the other diseases. Um, yep. I know like cardiac um, health disease, it's very effective by that. So there's only some things you can have. But yep. um, your marinas and your IEDs could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're progesterone only progesterone based mine's not any hormone based oh you've just got the coily thing there hey no it's like a weird thickening agent oh okay. i don't know i'll well, find out uh, most iugs from my ex- knowledge are progesterone based um, i've got the marina so i'm gonna google what you the google your marina ingredient is but what the pill does is it stops you from ovulating right so you take the pill and then for some people you take the sugar pill and you'd have what's called a breakthrough bleed or a placebo bleed or a whatever. It's not a full-blown period because you're not ovulating, but you have like a little shedding of your endometrial tissue, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are on the pill, the pill stops you from ovulating. And during ovulation, your estrogen levels are the highest, right? Yep. You're ready to get down and dirty and make a baby. Make a baby. And hopefully make that um, embryo stick mm-hmm. so when your estrogen levels are up we know that's when the endo goes i'm gonna grow some more because i'm fed and i'm watered and i'm growing yeah so if you stop ovulation the idea is you can't stop it because we still do have estrogen levels in our blood mm-hmm. but to slow okay the growth so you like ration it you just like just chill it's a little gonna bit slow you down a little bit yeah so it doesn't stop but it inhibits the ovulation part of it all right. So that is pretty much how the pill works. I am on a combined pill currently. So there's only like some that are really suitable for endo, but mm-hmm. very, very low estrogen. Like the lowest amount of estrogen you can put in a combination pill is what's in mine. Roger that. Um, but yes, it's, it's kind of like a trial and error thing. Um, yeah, that's and, what and sucks, hey? Yeah. For most, even without endo, yeah, the pill is yeah, like, yeah. And like you got to figure out which one's not going to fuck you up more. Yeah, and like I said, I was on the one I was on for six years mm. and I was fine. Mm. I thought I was fine. My endo was like, growing in the background, but I was fine <laughs> until all of a sudden I became so flat and moody and depressed and it was so not like me mm. and it was my pill. There you go. And then I swapped another two times before I... Oh god! It's just just horrible. It's so exhausting trying to think of it. Also, just flicking back to what um, hormone is the active ingredient in the Marina IUD? It is levonorgestrel. 
progestrol, which is a synthetic form of progesterone. Yeah, so they are progesterone. Yeah, progesterone. Okay, good. I was like, fuck. You know, I, 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 I just remember that it wasn't progesterone as the active yeah, ingredient. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's in It's like a synthetic it's version. fakey. And it's all synthetic. There's lots of different They're types of synthetic sweet, estrogens and there's lots of different types of synthetic progesterones. And mm. that's what makes differences in the pill. Yeah. Right? Look at you educating everybody. Yeah, I know. So you might be allergic or very sensitive to one type of synthetic estrogen, mm. but then not. I like the other one. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I've been on the marina now for this is my second batch. Yeah. So it's five years. I think there's like two more years left on this one. And I would have had it for 10 years. Exactly. So, and that's the thing. Like, oh. It's so weird. You don't know what you're actually, your body wants to do or does naturally because we just oh, inhibit it all the time. But then... It's such a fine, hard balance. Cause like, so my, my management plan mm. is when I want to start having a baby, mm. I come off it. Yep. Give it a hot crack for six months. Just let that go. endo go wild. See if you ovulate and if not pff, straight to another surgery, potentially um, fertility, IVF, IVF um, ovulation induction, yada, 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 yada. That whole journey. Yeah. So anyway. That's wild. But that is, so that's why people are on the pill. And that's why doctors say, just go on the pill and I'll fix endo. Tell them it won't dull, but let's hope it slows it down. And that's why our friend Sister Steph is on the pill, even though she's in a female-female relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I also had another um, lady actually write into us two weeks ago and she never knew she had endo and she is 29 Never ever knew she had endo, she's trying for a baby, has come off, now has develop, debilitating um, painful periods, fainting, vomiting, nausea, wow. bloating, cramping. Because she stopped the pill. Because she stopped the pill at 29 to have a baby. She said she missed a, a wedding, two hens parties, all the things she'd normally go to, feels really flat, really sick, oh, so foggy. Honey. And so now she's been diagnosed after coming off. Spoons to you. I know. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It's, just, it's shit. It's really shit. So... Anyway, that's a bit about the uh, management, but I think now I'll just go into a little, let's, I'll, I'll lift it up um, a little bit, but. I'm going to bring it down real quick. Okay. Well, okay. Bring me down. Cause then I can talk about Whoopi something else. Whoopi Goldberg's company. I, I didn't lie. <laughs> it did exist. Yeah. What right? did she do? So it wasn't, it wasn't tampons. That's, you should fucking patent that and get onto uh, it. Right. Well, so what she was doing was, um, they, they created these CBD um, rubs. So mm-hmm. they, they had like an edible version. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they created these rubs. So you could rub the CBD like moisturizer or cream almost mm-hmm. into your um, lower abdomen. And um, it basically helped. So because Whoopi used to have really painful periods, mm-hmm. this is where it came from. Mm-hmm. So they have this oil, so the, mm-hmm. the cream, sorry, they rub it in. And then they also had um, bath salts as well. Nice. Um, so warm bath mm-hmm. salts, then you absorb it through your skin. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, and you, I don't know, I guess you sit in it, so it goes up your vagina anyway, into your flaps. Yeah. So absorption that way, I mm-hmm. suppose. Um, but there's also got um, little droplet things in your tea and whatever. And it was supposed to be really good. However, if you go onto their website, it says that unfortunately they've had to cease production for some reason. Well, that started really good there and uh, you've let me down. <laughs> right, sad. But there's a lot of um, 
just trying to google it there's a lot of stuff there is yeah cbd stuff and that I, is linked i think a lot endo of stuff. the money for this research is going to end up going yeah probably way. yeah most likely i um, think it's the answer to the, a lot of things to be yeah, honest yeah definitely all right so Carry if on. we're gonna no no i've just on that so if we're gonna talk about um I mean, you can have a little, I'm not encouraging it, but if you're into your CBD, I mean, it's saying that it's apparently pretty good. But I'm going to talk about more innocent things like your diet. Um, yeah, low-key things. Low-key things. And, like, you all probably know there's a few really good Instagrams out there. There's the Endo Dietitian. Um, there's a few books that I read, like How to Endo, things like that, mm-hmm. um, that give you some advice. But just from my experience um tried and tested tried and tested so i've been gluten-free for 13 years long time 13 12 or 13 um so that is that's a huge thing for anti-inflammatory anti-inflammatory of the gut blah 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 and Mm. obviously endo is a big inflammatory process isn't it so so is lupus um, yeah it's good it's great we have both (laughs) so so inflamed wicked um so good but there's also things that you might not know about so berries frozen berries berries they have an antioxidant and they have a lot of vitamin c in it and there is some research to show that they can reduce the size of some lesions what wild um that's fun so berries are really good um you also want to increase the diversity of your microbiota like your good gut bugs the yakults yeah no actually this will be a fun fact follow-up because i remember so my favorite physio um telling me about this but a part of it is just not coming to my brain today um but it's called guar gum guar gum gum, and it's Mm -hmm. a plant-based thing that helps with endometriosis symptoms and it is a powder you can buy it over the counter at a health food shop and you can just put like a teaspoon in your water before bed um and it's meant to improve things okay um so that makes me think of um the it's not guava, papaya. Sure. Um, where they're doing the parasite cleanse oh, and yeah, eating yeah. the seeds. Yeah. I don't know there why that go. made me think of that. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> turmeric. There's not a lot of research, so we all know it's an anti-inflammatory, but there <laughs> the is not. The eye roll that oh, I just did up. was there's, so there's, big. Well, you'll be happy because there's no specific endo and turmeric <laughs> current research. If you but give me another it is an anti-inflammatory. Olive oil is really good. Love olive oil. Olive oil is really Ooh, I love good. Love a bit of olive oil and bread. So anyway, I didn't know this about olive oil, and this is going to like this kills my soul. So the guy that I've been on a few dates with, he mm. was telling me like he's super fit, right? Good on him. But he was talking about how good olive oil is for you. It's such a good anti-inflammatory, and I should have more olive oil with my lupus. Put olive oil in everything. Yeah. And I was like, you're so fucking full of shit. Like extra I was just virgin like, olive oil. Yeah, extra virgin. And I just kind of nodded politely. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's great, love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh, I've done my research. It's really good for endo. So I did <laughs> apologize to him and say, I'm so sorry. You're very right. Yes, I have lots of olive oil. Yes. Um, oh, I love olive oil. In terms of also olive oil, things like uh, omega-3s in your fish. I hate fish, so Fishies. but I do take a lot of omega-3 tablets before bed. And so they think about more of a Mediterranean diet. Like okay, fish, sure. olive oils, mm. um, nuts. Nuts are really good. Nuts, nuts like uh, walnuts chia seeds 
Also limit the amount of red meat because that causes a lot of inflammation and caffeine. So there's been some endo research to show that caffeine triggers um, more increased inflammation and increased growth of endo. And so I gave up caffeine in March of last year and I've not had a coffee since. I've had a lot of decaf coffees, but I have not had a coffee since. No caffeination. I have definitely noticed a reduction in pain because wow. I have a coffee and then one I'd shoot like, like 10,000 times, but then I'd have the current pain that I'm experiencing right now yeah. all day. Wow. Um, so yes, I have sadly given up caffeine, but I still enjoy decaf. I still enjoy going out for coffee with friends and mm. you can still have a chai, have the experience. I fucking love a chai. Um, so yeah. And then there's lots of things about dairy to say that that's an inflammatory, but yep. it's just trial and error, right? Like I said, eggs make me crook, mm. um, but on their own. And if they're in things, I'm okay. So it's just a bit of a try. There's lots of things to say soy is really bad, but there's new research to say soy is really good. Oh, if you it's have that endo. whole thing, isn't it? Like you can so, never get it right. Yeah. But so soy is the only controversial one at the moment yeah. that it's actually quite good. Um, well, I think like you said, it's a trial and error because not one thing is going to fit everybody. No. You have to adapt it to you. Yeah. And unfortunately, trial and error is part of that. Exactly. And just like on that, I just want to talk about really quickly the things that help me. Yeah. So if you've got endo, you might not do all these things or have thought about all these things. So I'm just going to list the things that help me. Might even do a little post on it of a little like care pack that I would use to get myself through a month. Yeah, for sure. Um, But again, I've had this for uh, 10 years now. I've had a lot of time to work out what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to tell y'all a little bit about that. Go for it. So I use obviously our fave gals in the world, Dom and Helene's wraparound heat packs. Naturally. But when I am in a nice U shift and I'm in scrubs and I can't walk around the unit with one attached to me, um, I also use these, they're called Hot Ease heat pads and I only use them for a 12 hour shift because you know I don't want to be mean to the planet because you can only use it once and throw them Mm. Um, but they provide heat you can stick it on your clothing and then it warms your skin and provides heat for 16 hours so it Mm. gets gets me through a 12 hour they're quite hard to get from some chemists but you can order them online quite easily and Mm -hmm. they're not overly expensive I think maybe for a pack of I think it's 10 or 12 it's about 20 bucks so if that gives you some sort of relief, it's not an expensive way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I use a TENS machine. Um, So I use the Avira brand, but there are another couple of brands upcoming, but it's really easy. There's two tiny little pads and just a little cord and a clip that clips to my like waist band of my um, scrub pants and no one would ever know it's on. Mm. And it doesn't help get rid of your pain, but it does distract you from some of the pain by giving it to you elsewhere Um, (laughs) and you can you know if you you might have pain radiating to your back or Mm. your pelvis you can move the pads around so they help um i use a medication called ponstan so a lot of people use like naproxen naproxen naprogesic um for period pain and ponstan is just a little bit of a level up from that unfortunately due to my lupus medications at the moment i can't take them good um which is why i have been referred to the pain clinic to work out what I can and can't have. Yeah. Um, obviously the pill, which we've spoken about. So I'm on a low estrogen, higher progesterone one, and I take that all the time. So I don't ever take the sugar tablets to have the placebo bleed. However, your body naturally will have a breakthrough bleed. So about every three months I'll start to spot. And so then I'll just hop off then and do the week and mm. then go back onto it. So I try to limit it. Um, 
I think knowledge is key and reading. I've got lots of good books. There's heaps of good books. Um, Erin, she, I can't remember her last name, but she's the chick from, she's a celebrity. She's on Love Island and um, uh, what's her, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, things like that. She is a huge endo uh, warrior and advocate. Mm. She's amazing. And she just released a book last month. Cool. So I'm yet to read hers, but there's one from, um, hang on, I just have a few here. You do have a few I, there. I like. Um, how to endo, which we've spoken about before yep. from, um, Bridget, I think it's Hustweight, but I could pronounce that wrong. Sure. Um, hers is pretty good, but like I said before, it's a really good one. If you just want the basics of endo, it does touch on everything like diet, exercise, physio, sex, everything. Mm. Um, and it's a great one to give to a loved one to read. It's yeah. light. It's easy. It's not heavy. Gives them a little bit of an insight as to what its experience looks like. Yeah. I've also read Vagina Problems by Lara Parker, which is called, it's for endometriosis, painful sex and other taboo topics. Cool. It's a personal biography. It's pretty full on. Yeah. Um, It's, yeah. It's all about pelvic floor dysfunction, vulvodynia, vaginismus. Like I did feel very validated, but just be careful when you read it. It's my review. Like it's pretty heavy. Um, and it makes you realize how much you go through and you can, I felt a bit flat after reading some of them cause I'm like, fuck, this sucks. Yeah. Like, that's me. I'm reading it. But it's nice to read that someone else is in a similar position. Yeah. And the one that I've not finished reading and she actually does, um, one on menopause and things like that, but it's the period repair manual by Lara Bryden mm. and she's a naturopath. Um, and she literally talks about improving your period health, but chapter one is get off the pill. So I found it hard <laughs> to get through that. Yeah, sure. Because um, she's like, shouldn't be on hormonal birth control. This is what it should be doing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but okay. she does towards the end do a lot of treatment and natural stuff for endo, which is very interesting. And mm. the, she does have a lot of good research partners. She's very clever. Yeah. Um, so there are a few of my books. Mm. And then I do things like every night before bed, I'll – Sometimes I get really bloated and really gassy. I'll either have a peppermint tea or if my symptoms are more on the nausea swing of things, I'll have a ginger tea, but mm-hmm. a tea before bed. Um, I've done lots of needling, like deep acupuncture needling. There's lots of evidence to say that's quite good. Yeah. Um, and obviously I go to a pelvic physio, which mm-hmm. helps. Um, I also, I haven't used it for months, but I did, did have for the vaginismus and the like that stabbing pain, which a lot of people with endo have. And I didn't know there was anything to treat it. And the horrible surgeon that we don't speak about. Though shall not be named. Um, the only thing he did do was teach me about a cream. Mm. Um, oh, and yeah, I remember this cream. Yeah, it's amitriptyline and baclofen That's right. mixed together and you can put it locally. So if you get stabbing rectal pain, you can put it rectally or you can just put it up your vag. Mm. Um, and what it does is desensitize those nerves and try and control some of that pain. Yep. So I use that sometimes. Also loose clothes, everything. If you know me personally, I wear tight high and cropped mm-hmm. and last year we've given them up because I didn't realize how much that was significantly impacting my pain only yesterday I put leggings on when I woke up it was just an errand running day and within half an hour they were off and I was in a flowy maxi skirt because I was so uncomfortable yeah. on my belly um and I've also started another drug which Sean has been telling me she's gonna start for I've ordered it it's in the post yeah, it's called P- PEA. P-E-A. I need to stop and do research. I don't know enough about PEA. PEA is um, a natural fatty acid that is created in the body and it's supposed to help with the pain management in your body. You naturally produce it and so it's just it, you take it 
So you have to take it regularly. You have to take it for a little while. That whole classic, you've got to like get your baseline up. It takes up. like six to eight levels to get it. Levels? Six to eight weeks, you mean? Six to eight levels. <laughs> so eight bow, weeks bow. to get your levels up. Yeah, so it, it takes a little while, but it's basically because your body um, produces it naturally, naturally. it just helps Here you go, with that. do you want the word? Go for it. Palmitolethanolamide. Sure. Palmitolethanolamide. Sure. That sounded good. Tell and the people what it is. It's a chemical made from fat, naturally found in foods such as egg yolks and peanuts, as well as in the human body. Mm. It binds to cells in the body and reduces pain and swelling. And it's used for lots of different types of pain. And there's been a lot of uh, research around it recently in fibromyalgia, osteoarthritis, endometriosis, multiple sclerosis, carpal tunnel, and autism. Yep. Wild. And they haven't found any if very little drug interactions no and it's they've tried other ways you can deliver it like topically blah 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 mm. but for every condition entrally like taking it orally is, is the, best. the most effective yeah and that for me especially is for anyone else who's got a lot of medications that could potentially interact and be fatal um dangerous this is amazing because you're constantly trying to navigate through a space where you're like oh i don't know if i can take it with other medications that i'm already on like which outweighs the benefit like it's just a, a minefield to try and navigate so the fact that it doesn't interact with anything yeah. is just like huge and the only thing it's been shown it doesn't work or improve spinal cord injuries and spinal yeah. spasticity and there's no current research well not enough research on pregnancy and breastfeeding mm -hmm. That's so if you do want to try it please speak to your gp before you um go onto it um and find out some articles to bring to them if they don't already know. But it's getting out there now. A lot of GPs are aware of it. So yeah, and the cool. normal dose, they come in 300 milligram capsules and the usual dose is 600 milligrams mm. for three months and then see how you go and you can either wean to 300 or stand six. Yeah, so that's... So Shan's going to try it. It's in the post. I ordered it the other I know, day. but it's going to take her three months. And it's hard for me because I started it, I think it was Soph. Again. Yeah, you started it a while ago. Yeah, we love Soph. Um, but I have started it a while ago, but I I also started amitriptyline at the same time for yeah. me. So it's hard to know what helped. Which one was better. Um, but I'm too scared to come off either <laughs> yeah. because my Skip pain it. compared to what I was like, I'm going to say my worst endo month ever, September 2020. Mm. I was not good. Like my pain was at like 8 out of 10 every day and it isn't an 8 out of 10. I am saying it's a 5 now, but yesterday it might have been a 2. So yeah. it, it has improved since being on that. So they're yeah. my little um, handy get through everyday tippies. Well, I like the everyday, but I'm going to take you back just take, a couple of seconds for the last back, little dog. bit of this endo little chat, okay? Because I was thinking, you know, I can't bring much of this conversation other than a supportive ear and You're always a, a chronic mind, ear. you know, whatever. But I haven't lived the experience, you know? So I was like, I wonder when the first case of endometriosis was documented, yes. right? Yes. And so, you know, I did a little Google and look, your girl didn't search too far or for too long, but she found a little fun, a fun little fact mm -hmm. to end out the session. Not a mm -hmm. fo follow up, just a fun just fact. Just a fun fact. You're becoming me. I know. We did a swapsies. So I did a little Google and it says here, there's a lot of question marks around the whole endo 
documentation mm-hmm. because like we said women didn't exist back then apparently mm-hmm. in science Lol. so there's a dude called rock oh here we go um rock kitansky um was the first to describe a form of adenomosis ad, ad, i can't say adenomyosis. it adenomyosis um early descriptions of ovarian endometrioma or as a hematoma of the ovary, or they used to call it chocolate cysts. What? Was what endo was used to refer to as chocolate cysts. Is that because they look dark on an ultrasound? I don't think they had ultrasound in 1800, <laughs> but maybe it just looked like that when they opened them up. Or when they opened up. They do, look, they do look very chocolatey. They're like, like a mahogany kind like of coloured spider I just web. imagine them being like chocolate mousse that's been dropped. More, not the body. more drop, more smeared. I can put my photos up if you want to see some like hectic I photos mean, of my ask. insides. Um, so yeah, so they were called chocolate um, cysts. Date back to the end of the 19th century. The first mention of an, o- an ovary containing uterine mucosa was published in 1899 by Russell. But Samson was the first to demonstrate specific endometriosal endometrial activities such as desquamation at the time of menstruation and dis- oh god whatever anyway chocolate cysts <laughs> <laughs> that's why but it must be 1800s cutting you up because it does look a little oh, bit like yeah they just slice people up when they were alive back in the day have you seen some of the medical journals and stuff from back in the day when they were cutting people open yeah like laparotomies and stuff like like let me put this fork up your nose and they would just slice them open alive like alive unsedated nothing maybe a bit of whiskey in front of a room full of men that's madness but the photos are pretty cool well they're not photos they're paintings but again technology back then wasn't the same oh god but anyway, that was a wonderful chat about endometriosis. Thank you. Thank you. I learned a lot. Thanks. I didn't want to do it because I was like, oh, I've got to do it justice. And we've so many endo listeners. And what parts do I cover? Because it's so big. But I just thought we'll tackle the bits that people aren't sure about. Yeah. You and know? if you don't know the answer, then. Yeah. Educate and validate. That's what we're all about. So sister. if you're an endo sufferer, give us a little review on if any of that helped you. Yeah. Or I if hope there's it does. a bit that we missed. Yeah. And we'll follow it up. For we sure. absolutely can do that. Do you have any more questions for me on that? Or have I, I've pretty much answered it. You've answered every question I could possibly think of, sister. That's good. Well, that's good. That's fabulous. Do you have a quote then? Quotes would be, a woman with a voice by definition is a strong woman. Love that. My quote is, I don't know. It's not, it's not guys. I know my quote is not amazing. It's not that good, but it's topical. We've had international women's day today and now it's endometriosis awareness month Mm -hmm. and you will be this episode will be coming out on the middle of march so just to wrap up i'm just going to say that amazing things happen when women help other women love that and we love that because like we said it's taken so long for women to stand together and yell and shout about mm-hmm. how shit this disease is. Yep. And it's all about us listening to each other. There are so many um, support groups out there. I'm a part of a few on Facebook. There's a big online community. 
And I think it's important to realise that amazing things are happening and you only have to look at the Australian government and where they're putting money in the next coming years to show that it's all because women have been supporting and listening and helping others. Oh, we love that. We love that. Oh, God, we're a good community. We are. Stop it. Anyway, guys, that is it. That is our little tribute to Endo Awareness Month. That is it for this week. We hope you enjoyed La Episode. I'm going to now heat my womb. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and we are going to eat. We are. Because uh, that's all we'd really do. Yeah. I'm starving. I'm so hungry. So hungry. Anyway, we hope you have a fantastic week, team. Take, Take care, care, guys. Bye. Bye.